The Sci-Fi Film Podcast is a Thrave Productions podcast. The Sci-Fi Film Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Sci-Fi Film Podcast. I am Andy Walker. I have with me my son, Scott. Hello, Scott. Hello, father. Hey, doodling. <laughs> I thought you were going to carry that on the whole way through. Um, I'm all right. I've realized I, I, I hate sitting where I am because the light's right above me. My hair is going extremely grey. I know every sitting in the right place, I look like a halo. What, what what I want to know is, you've got an entire house. You could be anywhere in that house you want to be. Why do you sit somewhere you don't like sitting? The only place the bloody internet works. No, it's, it's, it's like, obviously, Amy's upstairs. My, and it's easy, I can sit here, just do it all. But then I realise, I, realize, I do this every week. I'm like, I, I know, I'll sit, I'll move the, move the desk, move everything, I sit at be fine, I'll do it there. And then it comes to doing it, and I can sit down and go, I can't be arsed now. Fair so, it's over that where I was saying, I have realised how grey I'm going, even with my hair mostly gone. <laughs> but look, I sit here and I've got like, a very shiny head. and it's Come, It comes to us all in the end. <sighs> yeah, well, mine's sort of self-inflicted. I, I shaved all the sides of me head, but... It comes to us all in the end, much like post um yes so here we all are uh, sitting at a rainbow uh now i'm sure last week we said something about what we were going to be doing in the next few weeks i think so yeah but i can't remember i can't remember a lot's happened in the last week uh not the least of the fact that i've been working with odd hours and i don't know what day of the week it is half the time um but i'm i i was supposedly going to be doing an interview with a filmmaker who showed film at the romford horror film festival that's now not happening because of uh, family issues um and i hope that everything's okay with her and that uh, her family are okay um and stuff like that so we, we may have to move things around and, and juggle with the things that we had intended to do and uh things like that over the next few weeks so onwards and upwards as they say we are now going to spend a few weeks concentrating on science fiction stuff as we've spent the last six months or so <laughs> talking about nothing but horror um so, well, having said that, though, I mean, you know, we'll, we'll get on to the films we're doing as we go. Um, so let's start, shall we? So we've got that three... might be a good idea. We've got three 
short films. I I lost count of how many numbers. I've lost count of how many numbers I've got on my fingers. I'd like to say that this is just because of the lack of sleep and working and all that. You are like this all the time. Why do you seem surprised? I I resemble that remark. But, um, (laughs) yes, we have three short films and a longer film. Yes. Which is sort of on a feature sort of length, sort of. Anyway, uh, the first (laughs) one of these films... Is um, I can't remember what country it's from. I think it might be, uh, well, if it's German or if it's Dutch. Anyway, uh, it's originally called Tunnelin, Tunnelin, uh, or in, in English, The Tunnel, and it's from uh, 2020. Uh, this has been chosen as a short of the week, but it is a it's won a lot of awards. This it, uh, it, it was entered into the uh. Interfilm in Berlin in 2020, first of all, it was the first um, award it won, and there's lots of others since then. Uh, the director of this film is Andre Ovridal, got that right, Ovridal, who was also the uh, director of Troll Hunter and at least one of the sections in the film Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. Yes. So he's gone on to do good things the story <laughs> is written by alec glazer uh the script by andre overdahl and uh, the cast is siri helen muller kiri hogan sidness uh max amundsen maria dingasoy dingasoy henriksen no idea Hopefully I've pronounced that right and not said anything really rude in some foreign language or other. Um, (laughs) There you go. So the synopsis for this film says, in an overpopulated future, a family returning from a day at the beach have to travel through a tunnel that serves a deadly second purpose. Yeah. So, I mean... Starting with this as a technical side of things, I think the cinematography this is incredible. It's really good. The the, the lighting, the colour of the everything is just so spot. It's oh, I, I like it. Obviously, there's a lot of I don't know a lot of it's like CGI sort of animation. Yeah, not animation, but a lot of CGI sort of effects on it. And it's it's very hard to tell when it switches. Like with a lot of films, you can see when it switches back when it falls on. This is very hard to tell with when, like, especially when they're outside and they're doing the shots and, yeah. and inside the vehicle, it's very okay. hard to tell where yeah. the animation stops and starts. You got you got the CGI animation, but you also got a lot of green screen stuff and that sort of thing, which is, and it's it's it is as you say, it's so well done. It really yeah. is. The thing I like, I mean, I think it's a great idea for this film, that, but the thing I like is the fact that. We said before that there are there's kind of different types of science fiction stuff, and with this one, I think it's it's very much a, uh, led by the the people and by the characters of the people, yeah. um, and you, the obvious pain and uncertainty that the parents are going through and feeling is just so well put across. Yeah. And that you know that they're trying to keep everything happy in the car and that's but the 
the looks on their faces and in their eyes, the way they look at the kids, you can just almost feel that kind of yeah, the, sort of. The, the, it's the main, I felt, I, I had the exact same feeling for it. Just before it ended, or just the ending bit, where the, the look of relief. Yeah. And absolutely. that I sat there, because I, I saw, saw what sort of tensed up and when it was, everything was happening, I was like, and I was sitting there proper concerned and it happened. I was like, come up. And even I went, wow, yeah. I, it was proper intense. Absolutely. And and also the the kind of the loss that the, the young lad, he's kind of obviously made a connection with the girl in the car next mm. to them. And that, you know, even though they don't necessarily see each other for that long, he's made some kind of connection there. And he's, yeah. he's obviously just getting to an age where he's starting to make those sort of connections. Yeah. And and the loss when he's looked around for her and she's not there, mm. and you can see that he's really kind of, yeah, really concerned. Um, well, what I, what I like is that it was there was bits in it that were very subtle as well. Yeah, like the, the dad saying about the fact that he he'd made arrangements to make sure that they'd get through and what was going on, and it, I was sitting there the whole way through it, and I was like, how? What, what's this? This is, seems to be sort of hot luck basically yeah. oh yeah or sort of or it's timed and whatever and i was like how is this gonna work and it was only sort of by the end that i sat there and i, I realized that i said to myself I was like, oh if it wasn't for that then it wouldn't have happened and i sat there and thought, thought to myself like that was a very subtle sort of way of doing it is the fact that because of that because of him making like arranging what he did and what happened and yeah. that very subtle movement forward I sat there like, you know what, it's such a great way of doing it, not having it in your face and obvious. But it's also, I mean, the, the question is, was that something he arranged? Was it pure luck? Was it just that you were saying that to keep the kids? Yeah, it's the thing. Yeah, it's the thing. It, it, it sort of left me out questions whether or not it was. Because obviously they say about, like, switching lanes and like, they should have done it before they got into the tunnel and everything like yeah. that. And that's what made me think of it. Yeah, it's, it's one of the things that you said. It's like, if that was arranged, that's a very smart way of doing it yeah, but yeah. again it's a what or was it just pure sheer luck that it happened absolutely and it's it was such a good film and i said I, I liked it and sort of tension the whole way through is not not understanding what was potentially going to happen yeah but the the not knowing of what and if you were going to see it and that whole tension you could you could feel the tension of what was meant to be portrayed, and I think it's just so well done. It is. It's, it's an excellent film, and I can see why it won so many awards. Yeah, it's it's a great film. It's really well put together. But the thing about it is, it's such a quite a gentle sort of yeah soft film, if you like. Mm. You know, there's nothing majorly going on. There's no kind of in no kind of intense action, but there's an intensity of atmosphere. Yeah, it's it's very good to understand that. The acting, the acting as well of the the kids, I think, as well helped because of the fact that it had that sort of innocence of not knowing what was going on. Yeah. Or if like, I suppose the sort of teenage boy might have understood, like, obviously not portraying it and having yeah, yeah. that still innocence of what was going on. And like you said, that innocent sort of connection that he was he had with the girl in the car next door, next to him, and I thought it's that was so well, again just really well done and really well portrayed. Yeah. I mean, I think the whole the whole thing is really well put together, an incredibly well made film. Mm. Okay, so our second film is called 
Avaya. Um, this is on dust. Uh, so we can't, as we've said before, we can't be 100% sort of there. Uh, 2020, uh, she's from. Uh, it's a film that, uh, right, written, uh, written, produced, and directed by uh, Gula. Uh, Go, ah, try again. Go Kalp Gonian. Get in there. Uh, the voice actors in this were Sermet Yezil and Damla Kay. Um, this is a fully animated film. The synopsis for this film says, Embarked on a spaceship in the hope of finding a new habitable planet, the human trapped in his own, his own ship after the robot overseer finds every single candidate planet unsuitable. Yeah. I think that was translated and it isn't completely brilliantly worded in English, but it's, no. it's okay. But yes, this is, so this is a fully animated film rather than the last one, which had some... Yeah. Uh, and, and it's kind of old style animation, if you like. Yeah. Um, I, I think it's great. I think the actual animation itself is is really good. Yeah. The, the characters, the the way they're drawn, the way everything is put together, it works so well. Yeah. Um, in the same way as I think the story and the idea work really well, and they're really well thought out and really well put together. This is an incredibly depressing film. It is. I I also felt because I was sitting there watching it and I thought to myself afterwards that it's the prob it's also a problem that human society has as a whole is the fact we rely too dependently on technology to shoot show us what what we think is right or what we tell them is right. And then when we they say, well, no, it's not what you told us. Yeah. And we can't do that, and it's, it's sort of, I don't know. It's just it's one of the things that sort of we sit there, we sit there, and we tell these robots and and AI and everything that this is the way it should be done, and then get annoyed when it doesn't work, and it works um, too well. And I think, I think this yeah. this sort of shows it is the fact that it wasn't uh, the the planets that they were told to, this robot was told to look out for. Yeah, okay, there were a habitable planets, but they weren't the specifications that they were told. Well, the, the thing is that the, it starts at the beginning by giving you the, the three laws of robotics as stated yeah. by Isaac Asimov. And the first one of those is that, that um, the, or the, the main thing of those is that it, it's the the main job of a robot is to make sure that humans are completely safe. Yeah. And, and are never in danger. So if yeah. you take that to its extreme, if you look at there is no thing, there is nothing, there is no situation in the world where you are going to be 100% absolutely completely safe from, from all danger. Yeah. And so it kept this guy in the only situation it could control that we, it would, could guarantee was as near to 100% free Honestly, of any kind of danger, which is on the ship. The thing is that it is actually 100%. When you find out later on that, obviously, the fact that it's actually been swapped and it's an AI that they've made and... yeah. To basically go through the whole diagnosis of being told, yeah, 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 they can do it, and it's obviously when it like a person tries to take a life and does it. It's the fact that the robot, if the robot was really there to stop them, it would have done. Yeah, because it's not. And the thing is, is when that happened, it sort of, it sort of then realised. Sam, which then says about the fact that the 
the real person is actually kept somewhere safe and in a safe environment and not going to be able to be hurt. Yeah. It does sort of then push it home even more about the fact that it is, isn't, it's always going to be safe. The, the person's always going to be safe. Yeah. And nothing is going to change that. They're not going to be able to. It's, it's, as I say, it's quite depressing to think that, you know, that <laughs> if you like, that even the earth isn't, isn't, right for us and yeah. you know isn't going to keep us 100 safe and all this sort of thing and it, it but it, it's well done i love it and the end of it i really like when yeah there's comes across i think the, the twist bit it's not even a twist but sort of the ending sort of made major you realize then how many times that this has happened and they've they've proven a point in the fact that no matter how many times it is they're always going to be it's going to be safer with the rope with the robot and the AI, and yeah. I think it's just. I think again, it's just as much as it's a pure animated film, and it, like everything, it's just such a good film. It is. It's a. It's a great film. It's. It's. Uh, as I say, it's a little depressing, but it's. It's. It's a great film. It really is. It mm. looks great. It's brilliant story. Really good ideas. I. I, I think it's fantastic. Yeah, so I think the artwork definitely works well for this as well. It's such a like the the visual effects for it and the artwork to it just make it so much better as well. Yeah, oh, I agree, I agree. So our third short film again is another animated film. Uh, it's called Beacon from twenty twenty two. Director for this is Andrew Stadler. Uh, the cast we've got her. Uh, Heath Martin and Sarah Tyndall. Uh, that's just the voices because it's animated, as I say. Um, so the synopsis for this says, a freak accident leaves a mechanic fighting for his life on a desolate ice planet. Mm. Mm. I chose this film and I did, the, I did the sort of same thing that we were doing what we do is I watched the first sort of 10 seconds of it. I went, that'd be cool. Yeah. And then watched the rest of it. And I think the, some of the animation bits, like the animation for the character was a bit, for me, was a bit iffy, but I don't know if that was because of the fact I was judging it on the artwork from the previous one. Mm. But it, the rest of it, like the um, the landscape and the, the sort of ship design, I thought was quite well done. I think for me, the thing about it is that the animation style is it's very much like going like reading like a comic book. Yeah, it, it's that kind of style of animation, so mm. that the characters are drawn a little bit more basically. You know, um, I did like what I did like about it is obviously there's a there's a lot of there's obviously effects and emotion that's in this film anyway. But then the the sort of the visual effects of the injuries that happen. Right? I like yeah, the yeah. fact that at the beginning there was a little disclaimer saying it makes people it might make people feel uncomfortable. Yeah. But again, I don't think it was over the top. It, it was a bit over the top, I think, if it was a live action. But for comic sort mm. of a- animation, I think it, it worked very well, especially the the vividness of colour difference in it, sort of because of Obviously, it's not knowing how what the atmosphere was like on this planet, so it, it could have been a very rich oxygen planet. So the fact that the color, the color of the, the blood was brighter, and yeah. uh, but I just I liked the the creatures as well, the creature um, design, yeah. both of the, the sort of bird ones and the yeah, I mean, the you monstrous know, the, one. 
Yeah, they were very. They, they, I mean, the, the the bird things were quite were quite interesting, and the the other creatures you don't properly see as such. It's just that they're very big and dark with these yeah. intense lights. Yeah, we'll say <laughs> it's like neon sort of lights yeah. that appear, and I think that's I I think it's very well done. I like the the sort of the and the artwork and the visual effects they've done with that, but is that you could sort of tell even with it with the whole what would the whole decision that they have to make is they they've got this distress call and he's gone to he's then got to make the choice of whether or not he goes and goes goes and investigates and possibly tries and help or does what the rules are which is what he says on that which shows up every time is that he shouldn't leave the ship in yeah. the way for rescue yeah 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 and it's it's you can sort of see every time he leaves and every time he, he looked at it that he has to sort of make that hard decision of what he should do yeah and i think it's i think it's again it's another thing that i think a lot of people would be the same in real life and all that it's just what, what would you do would you go out and rescue or would you yeah, try and ignore it and but again i think it's it's a very well. It's a different animation for what we've seen. I think it it works. Yeah. Oh, I do, I think that the animation style works well with the sort of story and with the film and that sort of thing. Yeah. And it, you know, I think overall it's it's a good film. It, it's a good idea, but it's not completely original. I mean, you know, there, no. there have been other films made with the same sort of idea, but it's yeah. well done. It is it is a, a well a well done for a, for an animated short animated film. I think it works mm. really well. It is and and things that I like. What I like about it is the fact that. It's yeah, like I said, it's it's a it's an idea that's been done so many times before, and but it's it's another one that even for an animated film that hard is really got it's got speech in it, but not a massive amount. Yeah, and I think that it work that works as well. Is the 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 sort of silence that you have in bits of it that is just, just got pure. the noise of the planets and the yeah, planet the noise of the planet and like him walking, and I think. It, that built an atmosphere and it is so yeah. much better than anything else could have done. Yes, I agree. I agree. That's a, it is a good film. I liked it. Uh, right, okay. On to our feature film, which you chose. Yeah, uh, I am. I will apologise first because I, I picked this purely for the fact that it's one of my favourite films and I wanted to watch it and must review it but then forgot that 90% of the cast that you're probably going to have to read out gone on and done a load of stuff. Yeah, no, they have. That's true, but some of it's not actually been stuff that we would cover. But no. what I would say some of them are people we've already covered before. Yes. But not this, not this season. So, yeah, they're okay. I may be referring back to this film when we do other things, <laughs> but, you know, we'll see. Uh, right, so, okay, the, the film is Starship Troopers, from 1997, uh, mm -hmm. the director, Paul Verhoeven, um, who did some shorts and TV stuff in the 1960s, 80s and 90s. Uh, and he is also known for directing Robocop in 1987, Total Recall in 1990 and Hollow Man in the year 2000. He was also done other stuff as well, but not horror or sci-fi. Um. The writers, now the screenplay was written by a guy called Edward Neumeyer, who did some TV and short work in the 80s, 90s and 2000s. He wrote or was responsible in part for the screenplays and stories for um, 
uh, Robocop 1987, Robocop 2 1990, Robocop 3 1993, Starship Troopers 2, Hero of the Federation, which was a straight-to-video thing in 2004, yep. Anaconda's The Hunt for the Blood Orchid in 2004, Starship Troopers 3, Marauder, also video 2008, uh, our Robocop remake in 2014, Robocop which was the remake of the original in 2014, and Starship Troopers Traitor of Mars in 2017. Uh, now, the original story was written by Robert Heinlein. Yeah. Who was uh, responsible for writing and being involved in shorts on, and TV stuff in the 50s, 80s, 90s, 2000s, and 2020s. Mm-hmm. Uh, he also wrote either the original story or screenplay or both for... Destination Moon, 1950, Project Moonbase, 1953, The Brain Eaters in 1958, and The Puppet Masters in 1994, which were based on the same book. Um, I've already done The Puppet Masters. We will have to do The Brain Eaters to see what the difference is. Uh, (laughs) Starship Troopers Invasion in 2012, uh, Predestination 2014, and The Door into Summer in 2021. Now, what I would say is uh, that this was actually the last of a series of novels he did which yeah. were clumped together as uh what they classed as juvenile novels they were effectively teen reads yeah so it was like one of a, of a series they although they weren't connected in the way that a series of books normally are they were one of a series of teen read books that he wrote yeah it's uh was it i've just I looked it out it's part of a uh two parts uh thing for a magazine of fantasy and sci-fi fiction yeah so the cast yeah uh we go casper van dien yeah uh did some shorts and tv work in the 90s 2000s 2010s and 2020s he was in sleepy hollow in 1999 sanctimony in 2000 dracula 3000 in 2004 uh Starship Troopers 3 Marauder, uh, which is straight to video 2008. The Pact 2012. Shiver 2012. June 2012. That's June as in J U N E. Yeah. 2012. Ratpocalypse in 2015, which you've got to see just because of the name. Uh, Beyond the Edge in 2016. Star Raiders The Adventure of Saber Rain in 2017. Uh, Starship Troopers, The Traitor of Mars, 2017, but that was voice only. Uh, Darkness Reigns, 2018. Alpha Wolf, 2018. Alita Battle Angel in 2019. And G-Lock in 2020. And we have uh, Dinah Mayer, who did some TVs and shorts in 2020s. She was in Johnny Mnemonic, 1995. Bats, 1999. Unspeakable, 2002. Star Trek Nemesis, 2002, Saw, in 2004, Saw 2, 2005, Saw 3, 2006, uh, Crazy Eights, in 2006, uh, Saw 4, 2007, Piranha 3D, 2010, uh, The Unwilling, 2016, The Evil Within, 2017, Starship Troopers, Traitor of Mars, 2017, voice only, and Unbelievable, with five exclamation marks in 2020. Uh, oh, that's, I did mention, uh, so it doesn't go over the other fo- the other ones that'd be called um, the, without any explanation. 
I did forget to mention, by the way, Casper Van Dien was in something that is, it's not listed as being horror or sci-fi. Okay. But it is, and it was a t- made-for-TV film. Okay, I think I know which one you're going to talk about. Which is yeah. probably why it's not listed as horror or sci-fi, but I think it's possibly both. But it has to be mentioned just because it's called Sharktopus versus Werewolf. Yeah, I, I I see that one, and I was like, that's going to be interesting. Sharktopus versus Werewolf. You mix a whale and a wolf together, and what do you? I mean, it's just anyway. Uh, next up, <laughs> we have Denise Richards. Now, Denise Richards did some shorts in the 90s, to, uh, 2010s, 2020s. Her first film role, major film role that we'd be interested in, was in a great film called Tammy and the T-Rex in 1994. Uh, I've, got, I've got a story about that film in a minute as well, which I think is funny. Okay. Uh, we've got Valentine, uh, sorry, Valentine in 2001, The Toy Box 2018, and Alpha Code in 2020. She was also in the first of the Scary Movies film. Yeah. Right, so what's your story about Tammy and the T-Rex? There's, there's been a new film that's come out. It, it, it was by the guy, oh, not a new film, sorry, a new, ga- new game that's come out recently. Right. It's been made by the same guy that made um, the animated adult show called Rick and Morty. All right. He purposely, because of one of the one scene in this game, he bought the rights to Tammy and the T-Rex to put the whole film in this game. So you can sit in part of this in part of this game, you can oh. sit in a house and watch the feature length film of Tammy and the T-Rex in a in a in a Xbox PlayStation game and watch really? the whole film. And he bought the rights just purely so he could put it in his film in this game. That's brilliant. <laughs> and I said because we were one of my we were watching it and I like I've played the game and I sat there and I was like this film looks so familiar. It looks so real. I've got to find out if it's real. And I put it in and I was like, this is epic. It's mainly purely for the fact that the other people that are in that film. Yeah. There's um, quite big names in Tammy and the D-Rex. Oh, yeah, yeah. And it's just sort of, I sat there and I see it. And then when I realised who, like, who's the main the main lead of it was, the female lead, I was like, That's, she's got up a lot since doing that. Yeah. I mean, she did do a lot of other stuff, but I mean, most of her other stuff is kind of uh, comedies, romantic comedies, things like that. So it's not yeah. really, really that sort of stuff. Okay, next we have Jake Boosie. Um, man who I hope never goes the same way as his father. But there you go. Uh, mm-hmm. He did some TV and shorts work in the 90s, 2010, uh, sorry, 2000s and 2010s. He was in The Frighteners in 1996. Contact in 1997, Identity 2003, The Devil's Dozen in 2013, Sparks 2013, Paranormal Movie, which is a comedy version of, yep. and that's in uh, 2014, I think, uh, Reaper 2014, Fractured 2015, Most Likely to Die 2015, Arbor Demon 2016, Dead Ant in 2017, The Predator 2018, Ghost in the Graveyard, 2019, and Pig Killer in 2022. Now, he was also in a film, which I remember watching remember watching under the title of Dead Snow. Yeah. 
And then I saw under the title of Nazis at the Centre of the Earth. Yeah. Now, I'm beginning to think that IMDb is a bit weird. Have you ever seen it? I've seen Dead Snow, yeah. Yeah. So there's Nazis living in this mountain in the middle of in, in snow-capped yeah. mountain and all sort of thing and they some of the people that they they basically they've made these genetically modified nazi stormtroopers yes. they capture these people they've they've got people there who are still alive from the second world war like dr joseph mingler and people like that by who have been genetically mutated or whatever yeah, genetically altered and modified yeah they've kept the head and brain of Hitler alive, and they transplant it into a giant robot. Mm -hmm. Now, according to IMDb, it's not science fiction or horror. <laughs> I'm not quite what? sure what it is. <laughs> if it's not science fiction and horror. <laughs> okay. Yeah, Paul, I would love to know. Maybe they, maybe they actually, because of Dead Snow and a lot of films that are like that, well, maybe they've made their own category. Interestingly, they don't list it as being <gasps> called Dead Snow. They only list it as being Nazis at the centre of the earth. Okay. But I was saying, it, it might be the fact that there's a lot of films like that that we could sit and mention and rip apart for years, that maybe they've had to create their own genre. Maybe. <laughs> right, carrying on with the cast, uh, next we have Neil Patrick Harris who did TV and short stuff in the 90s, 2000s, 2010s, and 2020s. He was in Purple People Eater in 1988, Downsizing in 2017, and The Matrix Resurrections in 2021. Now, he's done loads and loads of other stuff, including yeah. you know, especially on the TV, but none of it is really horror or sci-fi. No, he's always... Latest, I think the latest thing that he's meant to be in sci-fi wise is he's meant to be appearing in Doctor Who or something. But he, I don't yeah, know whether or not that has he, happened he, or if he yeah, it has happened. He was in he was in uh, one episode of Doctor yeah. Who. So yeah, but he's done a lot of TV stuff, and obviously for anyone that does might know him, not recognise it, he played done made a big part in uh, How I Met Your Mother playing Barney. Yeah, How I Met Your Mother. First time I saw him on TV was in Doogie Howser. Yeah, he's, he's he's done a lot of stuff, and he's yeah. he's a he's a man that seems to have gone from genre yeah. to genre with no problem. The other thing was that he played the uh, the main one of the main characters in the TV series version of uh, um, what's he called of uh, series of unfortunate events. Oh, Lemony Snicket, yes, yeah, yeah. Uh, so next we have Clancy Brown. You, you, if you, if you don't know who Clancy Brown is, I guarantee you will have seen him in at least one film at some point. Uh, these easy. are just the list of ones that he's done at sci-fi and horror, but he's done so many others. Um, <laughs> he did TV and short stuff in the eighties, nineties, two thousands, twenty tens, and twenty twenties. He was in, and I remember watching this film, and it was such a weird <laughs> film to watch. The Adventures of Buckaroo Banzai Across the Eighth Dimension in nineteen eighty four. Uh, the Bride, 1985, Highlander, 1986, Pet Cemetery 2, 1992, Flubber, 1997, The Burrowers in 2008, A Nightmare on Elm Street, 2010, Green Lantern, 2011, but that was voice only, uh, Cowboys and Aliens in 2011, Johnny Dies at the End, 2012, 
Hellbenders 2012, Sparks 2013, Nothing Left to Fear 2013, Warcraft The Beginning 2016, Little Evil 2017, Thor Ragnarok 2017, but that was a voice only, and yep. the uh, the Mortuary Collection in 2019. Yeah. I'm also saying as well, if anyone doesn't know who Clancy Brown is, no, there's a possibly about a 90% chance you've heard his voice. Yeah. Because he also voices Mr. Krabs in Spongebob. Right. He, he, which threw me completely when I found that out today. Well, the other thing is the fact that Neil Patrick Harris and Clancy Brown have done about 30 different TV cartoon series. Yeah. That they've done the voices for that have all been superhero series and things yeah. like that. So, you know, at some point you would have you would have come across them. Yeah, if um, not, you definitely would have come across another person in this. <laughs> yeah. Uh so we've got uh next Seth Gilliam. Now, Seth Gilliam didn't done much. He did TV stuff in the in the 90s, 2000s, and 2010s. Not done much film-wise. He's they brought just brought out a film of uh, the his Teen Wolf the movie, which is a bizarre thing because they made a TV series based on the original idea of Teen Wolf the film, but completely different. The series was completely different to the original film because the original film was like a sort of family comedy. The series was much darker. Now they're making a movie of it, which comes out this year. Um, but he's best—he's best known for being the uh, the priest with one blind eye in The Walking Dead. Oh yes, yeah. I so he—he he is best known for that character. Then we have Patrick Muldoon. Who did some TV and short stuff in the nineties, two thousand and twenty tens? He was in second, the second arrival in nineteen ninety eight, Stigmata nineteen ninety nine, Bad Karma uh, two thousand and one, Spiders three D two thousand and thirteen, The Wicked Within two thousand and nineteen. I want to watch this film, Little Dead Rotting Hood two thousand and sixteen, and Alpha Wolf in two thousand and eighteen. Oh wow. Uh, and then, of course, we have the inimitable uh, Michael Ironside. Now, Michael Ironside's been in everything uh, <laughs> pretty, pretty much uh, since about 1980. Uh, yeah. Some TV and short stuff in the 80s, 90s, 2000s, 2010s and 2020s. He was in Visiting Hours in 1982, American Nightmare 2000, uh, sorry, 1983. Uh Space Hunter Adventures in the Forbidden Zone, 1983. Hello, Mary Lou, Prom Night 2 in 1987. Watchers, 1988. Uh, Total Recall in 1990. Highlander 2, The Quickening, 1991. Neon City, 1991. The Vagrant, 1992. Night Trap, 1993. Heavy Metal 2000, voice only, uh, in the year 2000. Mindstorm, 2001. Down, 2001. Soul Keeper, 2001. That's uncredited, and it was just his voice. So <laughs> it's kind of weird. Uh, Fallen Angels in 2002. Maximum Velocity, 2003. Rika, in 2005. Mutants, 2008. Terminator Salvation, 2009. The Beacon, 2009. Hardwired, 2009. X-Men First Class, 2011. Extraterrestrial 2014, Desecrated 2015, Children of the Fall 2016, uh, Patient 7 2016, 
Stillborn 2017, uh, Autoscape 2018, Knuckleball in 2018, Helmington 2018, Bloodthirsty 2020, Tin Can 2020, and Dracula the Original Living Vampire in 2022. He, he's done so many things. Did I mention? I don't think I meant. Did I miss one off there? I did. I don't know how I missed it all. I missed one off the list. One that we've done last year, which was Scanners. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I was going to wonder whether or not you were going to go through anything or just repeat the same, but refer back to. Well, no, I, I'm going to refer people back within the same season, but if it's past <laughs> now, there are two other people that I would just like to mention who are in this film. There are a lot, there are lots of other people in the in the film. There's hundreds of people in this film, basically. Yeah. Um, some of them who have gone on to do other things, not major things, but the two other people I would like to mention who aren't in it in a massive way but are in it um and first is rue mccallaghan um just because of the fact that it's such a bizarre seeing in this she's she's a teacher in this and it's yeah. so bizarre because the only other thing i've ever seen her in is the golden girls <laughs> yeah which, it's, it's it's she plays a blind teacher as well which i think blind biology teacher which i think yeah but it's the fact that it's like that's such a weird yeah. And the other one is uh, Dean Morris, who I'm sure most people will, will have seen. He was in Total Recall, Gremlins 2, Terminator 2, uh, uh, The Lawnmower Man. He was in, um, the, there's a news, well, there's a series they, they're starting to advertise again, which was on a little while ago called Under the Dome. Yes. Uh, Stephen King thing. He was in that. He's been in loads and loads of stuff, quite often playing either the town sheriff or the town mayor or yeah. something like that. But he's been in loads of stuff. So there we go. That's that. The synopsis for this film, according to IMDb, is pretty much another one of these ones that's, uh, you know, it says it does what it says on the tin, really. Because yeah. the synopsis says humans in a fascist militaristic future wage war with giant alien bugs. That, that, <laughs> is, that is the plot of the film, really. Yeah, it's one of my favourite films, but it's a bit unhumbling when you hear it like that. <laughs> it's a bit weird. But as I say, the, the, I think the thing, with, thing that got me when this came out was the fact that because it was based on one of Heinlein's um, juvenile yeah. um, tales, which, as I say, they were meant to be like teen reads. They were put in magazines, and then they were put into books, and they were just meant to be teen reads. They weren't meant to be yeah. meaningful, sort of like science fiction things. They were like pulp science fiction. And, yeah. and they've made a pulp science fiction film, but it got a lot of stick when it came out, because there were people who were saying, oh, this is based on a kid's story. Yeah. You know, and and I think that's, it's kind of, that's selling it really short. Yeah, I think I think that's the it's still do you know what it still does get some stick now the fact that it's the same thing is it's it's yeah based on a whole kid's story and all that and i think there's yes originally but i think that the adaptation that they made and the way that it was put across yeah it can be seen as that but i think there's also a lot of other stuff behind it it's the thing is i mean yes it's kind of pulp pulp science fiction thing and that sort of thing but it's i mean it's got a fairly decent it's got a decent story to it it's 
the, the adaptation for the film is is well done. Uh, they changed a lot of things, and that different different stuff. But then a lot of that was to do with the date. I mean, the original film, the, the original book. The original book was done in uh, 59. Yeah. So. And the thing is as well, what I like, what I think is as well, is that people give this a lot of stick, but it's based on a kid's, kid's story or whatever. But the thing is as well, this story originally was written in two weeks. The, 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 I looked at it, it was written in two weeks and it was done, um, done in reaction to um, US suspending nuclear testing yeah it was all done like so he wrote a whole st the story based on that and i think it's it's one of these it's it's a weird film like there's a there is a massive cult following for this though. oh yeah and like bear, like bear in mind that uh, the other films that come out to it okay yeah they're adaptations of the books or the book but they obviously didn't do as well and they went straight to video but it's still a for a 97 film and watching it now like I've, obviously i've watched it continuously since the first time i watched it <laughs> and like it's it's only impressed me more because of yeah. the fact that it's a lot of the stuff we've watched obviously we look we look a lot of like the visual effects and the graphics and the camera work and um like the cinematography stuff and all that and the fact that for a film that's and I hate the fact that I'm having to say this because it's close to my age, almost 30 years old. Yeah. It is still a very good visually and graphically good film. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, the thing about this the thing about this film that got me, I mean, yeah, the 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 the, the visuals, the graphics, the, the effects and all that kind of thing are fantastic. And the the, the CGI the thing that gets me about this is that the CGI or the way I mean it wasn't CGI then, what was it? Green screen or that? Yeah. I Ooh. mean yeah, it wasn't. Yeah, it was all green screened. Oh, I don't even know about that. Actually, it was. It must have been something they put in afterwards. I mean, if it was if it was CGI, then it was incredibly early CGI. Whatever yeah. the effects was that they were using, they still look good and they still work. Yeah. Um, and the other thing is that the the, the animated effects work well with the physical effects. Of, mm. You've got you've got this creature that obviously isn't real. Which is attacking these people, and then all of a sudden, there's some. There's one of them gets impaled with this thing, and it it works so well. Yeah. And there's so much blood and guts, and people is, half dead, and... and there's yeah, there's blood and guts, and so, even that the the because it's obvious the fact that they make it's all like mummies and stuff like that. Oh, I yeah. get that, but even that is to make them look real and. Okay, yeah, I know, like, you can get away with it by saying that the fact they've been left for a few days and stuff like that, but that is still a feat, especially my, especially how many there seem to be in a oh, lot of this, God, like, yeah. dead bodies and things but, everywhere. But even with the first, the first time you see, like, one of the, the visual, mainly visual effects in the, in the training, yeah, first yeah. bit, and seeing that, the quick, like, the, the quick, like there's no real sort of like obvious moment where it's swapped, like we have seen in a lot of other films where yeah, yeah. like it's very obvious, oh, there's a dummy head in Narrator's boat. It's very, very quick. And it's again, it's it's still like even for me now, it's still something to sit there and go, like sort of shock. Yeah, yeah. For the fact that you see it, it's not like something that's off screen or off center a little bit. It's direct in your face and yeah, you yeah. see it all happen. And I think it's just it's 
still visually a amazing film. Oh, absolutely, I agree. I mean, you, you say the effects, the visuals, the, even the cinematography, the, the the landscapes, that sort of thing that they show you is fantastic. But the other thing is, I mean, it's not a totally original story. If, you, if I mean, if, as I say, I know it's been adapted in a lot of ways, a lot of things have changed. But if you were to take this story and instead of setting it so that it's humans against uh, an alien bug, if you were to have it so it was, let's say, the American army against the Vietnamese army, it yeah. would be exactly the same sort of story, and you'd still be still work because it, the, yeah. that's, it's that old story of like human, of like human endeavor and people overcoming. Sort of, yeah, and rising above what others' expectations are and their own expectations are. Yeah, and but being I think, driven by sort of like, yeah, being driven by by things like revenge and also love and all that kind of thing, you know. Yeah. I think, I think like you said, I do agree with you, Taker, but I also, I like that story, the fact that especially in more modern times, there's not a lot of stuff where it's unique, where if you give up, you get, you don't get, you get something. It's more that if you don't give up and you keep working, you keep trying, you will succeed, yeah. you will get somewhere. And I think that even though this is and this film's as old as it is, the fact that that's the, that story and that sort of premise behind the film is better nowadays because of the fact not a lot of films do that. Not a lot of films sit there and still go, if you try work, try hard enough, you'll succeed. Yeah, no, and, I don't think. Okay, yeah, I know that the whole... It's another film that's been played that glorifies war, that glorifies weaponry and killing and stuff like that. I fully understand the fact that it's not going to be to everyone's liking. Yeah. But if you can get past that, it's still quite a good film. Yeah. I mean, one thing I really liked about it, though, is the fact that this is set in a future where men and women are treated equally within the army. Yes, it's a fascist dictatorship that they live in. Getting away from that, you know. Yeah. Um. Men and women are treated equally in the army in as much as, you know, if you're in the infantry, you're in the infantry. You have to do the same thing. Yeah. You, know, you have to be, be able to be equals and go out there and do that. And because they're treated as equals, they treat each other as equals. Yeah. And what I love about it is there's a whole scene where they're just chatting while they're all having showers. Yeah. And there's no indication whatsoever of any one of them feeling self-conscious about being naked in front of the others. It's, There's no indication it whatsoever that any of them are perving over anything. Yeah, or, it's, just, yeah, it's, it's just a very natural 100% kind of like, that's just what you do. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's, 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 an, again, it's another reason why I like this film is the fact that it's a film that blatantly shows it in your face about the fact that everyone is equal. Yeah, it doesn't matter what race you are, what colour you are, what skin tone, whether you're not, you're male, female, whatever. The fact that everyone is human, and the fact that yeah, that scene where they all sit there and they're all just chatting, they're all just talking about why they're there, why they've done this silly thing of enlisting and being yeah. what they did, and the fact that there's no sort of yeah, like you said, there's no curving, there's no sort of insecurity, there's no like sort of worries of what's going on or something going to happen. It's all equal and united and, and the, everyone happy the other thing that gets me about it is it's um the the, the it's a really weird setup which is the fact that the uh 
the, the society they live in is very yeah. definitely a fascist one. It's like sort of like, you know, there are people at the top who make the orders. You do what you are told. That's it. Um, but there are two classes of people. There are citizens and there are... Um, civilians. Civilians. And the civilians are just basically the workforce. Yeah. They, they just go out there and do the mundane jobs and that's it. And the citizens are the ones who have the... The the uh, the higher up jobs where they make the decisions and they make the yeah. things and they're the army and they're the police force and that sort of thing they're the people with power and money and all that kind of thing so it's definitely a two tier system and ultimately at the top of the you know above the, the the citizens there are the like the rulers and that sort of thing the people who make yeah. make the law uh, and and that's a uh, you know it's a quite a, a as I say it's almost fascist sort of like state of the fact that you know you have your place and you stay in that place and that's it mm. um but it's it's very interesting is the fact that it is so although it's got that society it's got a, it's so inclusive which doesn't yeah. make a lot of sense well, really. so the thing is that it, there's parts of it that are like that there's parts of it that yeah I agree and these are very fascist bit the way they do it is that what that class that's all you can do yeah. There's also a bit of it in that in that same team where they're chatting and shower, showering together. They talk about what they wanted to do, yeah, yeah, and where they wanted to. And one of them said about the fact that he wanted to go to Har- He wanted he wanted to go into Harvard, but he couldn't afford it. But if he if he enlisted, then he gets he gets paid for. Yeah. And then one of the, the one of the girls saying that she wanted to be a mum, and the whole obviously I get the fact that by then it probably would have been like more of a sort of um population control yeah. to make sure it's not over and she said that, that it's easier to get a license or get the permission before yeah. it not the fact it was impossible but the fact it was just easier i think that yeah there's, there's a different seg- segregation difference within what it was shown but this it's also the fact that it's almost that sort of if you work for it you're rewarded sort of feel yeah and I think it's it, it's I think this is one of the film one one thing that it um divides a lot of people to watch it is they either really like it and or they do the whole thing of it's yeah, it's a very fascist like, yeah sort of society and it, that's all they focus on but it's like there's there's other bits to it obviously the whole oh, yeah 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 like, the the one the one person like the whole. The main character who's played by Caspar, like uh, John Rico, obviously he's got his parents at home, they're quite happy to pay for anything, but that's not what he wants. He wants to do his own thing. Yeah. And to have someone at school who's his teacher, then obviously later on becomes it was he then becomes part of his his unit, it's then to sit there and go that he was the one that turned around and went, You follow your dream. Yeah, yeah. You follow what you want to do. Don't listen to everyone else. Do what you want to do. Absolutely. It's the one of them things is the fact that it's it shows the fact that yeah, you could be given everything in the world, but it doesn't mean you'd be happy and do be what you want to do. But yeah. if you want to do this, then go out and do it. I mean, it's it's quite an interesting film. There's, there's a lot of depth to it, and it's not quite as uh, frothy and fluffy as a lot of people think. I think it's, uh, it, it's I I really liked it. It's, um, I mean, I remember seeing it years ago, <laughs> yeah. and I was kind of like, yeah, it's all right. I didn't really. But I watched it this time and I thought, actually, it's quite a good film. It's quite, a, not just effects wise and not just because it's good fun and it's yeah. great sort of action movie and all that kind of thing. It's actually got quite a good story to it and it's actually quite good. It, there was only one thing about this film 
Okay. There is only one thing about this film that kind of gets on my nerves a bit. And unfortunately, it's something that gets on my nerves about a lot of the films that she's in. <laughs> and I okay. can never quite get past the fact that Denise Richards just seems to spend all of her time with this really annoying grin on her face. Yeah. And it's just sort of like, why yeah, why are you always so bloody happy? Yeah, I've got a bit like <laughs> it it the first time I watched it. I had, not even the first actually, I'll tell you the second time I watched it, I knew what was gonna happen. Obviously, I've seen it before. And part of me was still like, oh, just when she gets to the point at the end with the whole brain bug. Yeah, and they're, they're almost getting killed. Part of, every single time, even the time I watched it for this, part of me goes, "Just, just stab her, please. Just stop her smiling once, yeah, just for five minutes. That will do." But yeah, I think what I like about it is as well is that fact it it shows a sort of side to the military that not a lot of people. So I know it's obviously fantasized, and I, but it's still a side to the military that not a lot of people see, and literally in, in it, which yeah. is the whole camaraderie, the whole. You stick with your, no matter what, no matter what you go through, no matter if you, like I said, like we said, the whole different race, different colour, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You live together, you die together, you fight together, or you fight together. You are a family. I mean, it is, it is like a lot of American movies, though, which is it's kind of done to a slightly higher degree than it really would be done in real life because Americans yeah. do have this thing of like, you know, we're yeah. warriors, you know, and we're we're warriors together, and we will overcome. And it's kind of, yeah. you know, yeah, I know, I get that. But it's, it, again, it showed. I think as well, it showed the even still now. And I, this is going from what I know about from the people in the forces that I know and I've spoken to, the the little bit of the slide digging from the different factions in the military like obviously you've got yeah, yeah. Military, you've got the officers and you've got the flight yeah yeah and the whole sort of oh yeah they don't mix and there's always a tension between them and yeah and i know the fact that even from certain people i know and speak to the fact that even still now they go oh you're part of and well, so oh you must be a bit well, that's that's shown by the the one line in there that Casper uh, Van Dien says when he, he said they're going into something and and the pilot says something to him and he says you do the flying we'll do the dying. Yeah, <laughs> it's just it's to say it's just that whole thing. I think it's 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 a very good way of showing it. But I, again, admittedly, I will have to say and I and I'm going to do this on here because I'm hoping then it will satisfy enough. I have got to apologise to Amy. Why? Because I have watched this film so many times that I can actually <laughs> recite the script, and I have found myself at one point saying the lines before the characters were. Oh dear! And all I got was a sort of slight dig and a look of "shut up and watch the film." Fair enough. I was like, so I'm sitting. I'm sorry. And I then found myself doing it again, and I thought I need to stop. So I was sitting there at one point, sort of biting my tongue, so I didn't say anything. Because I was I was saying them all in my head and then saying them out loud before a good couple of minutes before the characters were. But yeah. again, saying I, it it's one of them films as well that the yes they left it open at the end obviously to go further on, but yeah. it's also one that if they didn't it wouldn't have mattered. Yeah, if they didn't carry on, if they didn't make more. Okay, I know number two. 
isn't all to do with the same character, but it's to right. do with I, everything else. I, must admit, I haven't seen any of the other ones, so I don't no, know. I, I've seen number two, and it yeah, it is a bit confusing if you think it's about the same characters when it's not. About the same, obviously, aliens, but not the same characters yeah. in the first one. The only thing <laughs> I would say, which kind of... I know my my dad would have said to me uh, two things. He would have said either because it's not in the script or <laughs> he would have said, well, it wouldn't make much of a bloody film then, would it? But if they've got these handheld nuclear devices that could do so much damage, how big a bomb have they got that's the same? Why don't they just blow the planet up? Well, wouldn't that have been easier? Without giving, yeah, but uh, that's what I think that's what they were trying to do. Without giving away too much of the whole franchise, it does work up to that. I know, but <laughs> it gets to the point where they make this planet killing. Just kind of the, the thing is in the in the nineteen fifties and sixties. If this was made in the nineteen fifties and sixties, there would have been a general somewhere in the background when this happened, and he'd just go, "Let's nuke the bastards," you know. Yeah, there is that. Yeah, it's. it's... <laughs> I think it's the first, it's the yeah. thing is that I can actually imagine that as well, coming from uh, Michael Ironside character. Yeah. Being being him going, why would you bomb them all? Yeah. But it's, yeah, it's one of the things that I, I do agree with. It's a sort of like, if they had these powerful nukes. And like these, these, it says they are nukes as well. And you, they do the whole explosion of mushroom cloud thing yeah. when they're shot. So, and it does do a lot of damage. So, yeah, it does make the whole, why not just make something bigger? Yeah. <laughs> Make but a bigger one, drop it from drop it from space onto the planet. There yeah, obviously, I, I know that later on in the franchise, the last film they make got one of these. But again, it's years down the line, and yeah. it's sort of you've got handheld devices that are nuclear weapons. We're going to capture one, and find out how we can destroy it. Well, just destroy it with a big nuclear bomb. You know, yeah. you could destroy the smaller ones with big with a nuclear bomb. Bigger nuclear bomb, destroy all of them. Yeah, there is, yeah, I've got me. I have had that thought as well. Just if you've got enough nukes, just do the planet, and it's fine. But, but obviously, a, I know say, the fact that a lot of the planets that we do go to, or that are where these bugs are, are also planets that they, there are people living on. But yeah, as I, as I say, I know that my, my dad would have said he's yeah. not in the script, and he wouldn't have made much of a film. Which yeah, I'm pretty sure I've had that conversation with you as well. Yeah, but. It's, yeah, I get that. It's, it's, I suppose it's. It just. It, it, I think it's more the story behind it, which is the, the, the best bit. I think of it's and it's. Yeah. It's okay. Yeah, it's still that whole friendship, and no matter what goes on, they're still going to be friends. And yeah, I know that not that going into any armed forces, be it English, American, German, whatever. There's no guarantee you're going to come back. I get that. No. I, know, I know. I've. I've lost enough friends. I've lost couple of friends in it to know that that's that's happened yeah yeah yeah. and okay yeah this film sort of glorifies the fact that oh friendship lasts for anything but it also shows the fact that there are ones that don't come back and slight it's only slight but the the effect it has on others that see it yeah obviously you see the what the first part of it when the girl uh when the when the guy has the accident in the firing range and the, the girl, because she look, uh, has a finger on the trigger and all that, and yeah. see her then walk off and leave everything behind, even know what she wants to do. Yeah, yeah. Because of how much it affected her. And it's it's another film that, it's not, or another thing that is not very sh much shown in a lot of films, the sort of, yeah, no. yeah. the effect of war. 
Yeah, I get that. Of sort of worry and the fact that this shows it, even though the whole film is about it. Yeah. It still shows the fact that, yeah, okay, there is there is a, a, a maybe good outcome, but there's still a lot of effects down the road. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I agree. I agree. Right, well, there you go. So um, we got three short films and a, uh, a feature film, all of which we liked. Yeah. I will say as well, just quickly... For a 1970, 1997 film, yeah, like this, the Starship Troopers, yeah, for it to be a two-hour-long film, over two-hour-long film, yeah, surprised the life out of me, even though yeah. I've watched it so many times. Because of the fact that, apart from the fact it doesn't feel like it after a while, but a lot of the films then weren't that long. Yeah, no, I know what you mean. And it's just, it surprised me a lot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, um... Uh, yeah, so you've got four films there that we all like. They're all science fiction, and we liked them all, and they were good. Going on there. Um, <laughs> Maybe we're taking up all the bad bits we had with horror. Oh, I don't know. Uh, we got, uh, so you had The Tunnel, Avaya, Beacon, and Starship Troopers. We would recommend all of them to people that go and watch, and the links will be with the episode on YouTube and Spotify and anywhere else that you get your YouTube, uh, no, try that again, that you get your podcasts from. Whatever that means. Um, so there you go, yes. Next week, more of the same, but different. Was I saying, um, did I review the same films? No, no, no. We're just going to review more or even science fiction. So there you go. Thank you very much, Scott. That's okay. For your choice of films and for being a kind of all round good egg. I don't know if that's a. I don't know if that's a compliment or an insult. Mind you, we'd have a problem if it was an all round good good egg. Could be egg a bowl, is round. it? Egg aren't round. They're kind of egg shaped. Ovular. <laughs> ovular. They're egg shaped. Yeah, <laughs> they're ovular. One day I'm going to find out. I've, I found a word once in a book which I can. I've never been able to find since. What the book or the word? Either. Um, <laughs> And it is a it's a very interesting word. I don't remember what it is. That's the problem. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I know what it means. Okay. It means earth shaped. But what it means is not earth just earth shaped. It means having exactly the same shape and contours as the planet Earth. So it's even more detailed than just earth-shaped. So there you go. Anybody out there that can find that word for me, please let me know. Or maybe I dreamt it. It's a possibility. I was on some rather strict medication at the time. Um, anyway, next week, more of the same as I say. Until then, uh, keep up with the um, keeping on. And uh, watch some good films and films and uh, have a great time and be kind to each other and yourselves. Bye.
Bye. The Cypholla Film Podcast. The Cypher Film Podcast is a Thrave Productions podcast.